0: If we can live in a way that we can manage this and live with it, which is really what's being required of us is to live with this, right? Um, I think that's our best success out of this thing. It's we're doing whatever we can to keep everybody afloat um, and, and keep businesses alive, um, but keep the virus as low as possible. And all I'm trying to do is to keep the transmission of this virus as low as possible
1: in Jefferson Parish.
2: Welcome to Jefferson Parish Pulse, powered by Jedco, a podcast designed to showcase the businesses, organizations, and individuals that make up the heartbeat of the Jefferson Parish economy. I'm Kelsey Scram. I hope all of you are staying safe and healthy these days. Today, we come to the end of Season 2. We'll be taking about a month off to collect new interviews in anticipation of our season three launch, which will be in alignment with the new Spend Local JP initiative. We'll be talking to local business owners about their stories and how important it is for residents to spend their dollars locally. It's always important, but even more so right now in the midst of a very challenging time for our business community. If you own a small local business with a big story to share, or if you know a business that would be a good fit for the show, please let us know. You can email me at casegram at jedco.org with your recommendations. I would love to hear from you. What better way to end a season than by interviewing the innovative leader of our parish? It was so nice to have Jefferson Parish President Cynthia Lee Shang back on the show. If you listened to season one, you may recall that we interviewed Cynthia after she had been elected parish president, but before she had taken office. Now, she's more than six months in and leading the parish through scary and uncertain times. In a short time, Cynthia and I covered a lot of ground. We talked about her first months in office, where we stand with the pandemic right now in Jefferson Parish, the incredible importance of wearing a mask in public, the upcoming elections and what's being done to keep voters safe at the polls, and more. One thing that was so clear throughout this entire conversation is that Cynthia's top priority is keeping her residents healthy while also advancing the economy safely. I hope you enjoy this episode.
1: Well, Cynthia, thank you so much for being on the show again. I'm so excited to have you back.
0: Yes, I'm glad to be back. Thank you, Kelsey.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I have started uh, this whole season with this question, which is, how are you doing? How are your friends and family doing? How is everyone faring um, throughout this pandemic?
0: Well, we're doing fine. I mean, it's busy. Our, our, I'm so proud of our team here. Everybody has been so busy and it really just hasn't stopped since the, since this thing has started in March. Um, you know, we were a new team that came on. It was a new council, it was a new administration, and we were busy as it is just with the move. And then early March, you know, our whole world changed. And honestly, everybody's whole world changed. And we've been in, um, this has been our front burner issue with fighting this coronavirus in our community. Um, a couple weeks, we started having some other meetings that were a little different, and that was very refreshing. And then when we had the recent uptick at the end of June, we're all back into that, you know, sort of mode we were in in March and April.
1: So Right, right. Yeah, and I think, you know, the first time I interviewed you, it was November, and you were preparing to come into this new role, and now we're six months in. I know 2020 was nothing like any of us could possibly have imagined, but you have done an incredible job kind of navigating through this really difficult time. Can you talk a little bit about what it was like to start this new role and then the pandemic hits and what that has been like for you?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, we were like any new administration and like our council members as well, you're looking forward to it. You know, you're getting off the campaign trail, you just sworn in, you have all these New projects. I did. You know, we went through a major reorganization of our administrative department and our our management structure. And honestly, I, you know, we we formed into different clusters and we we redid our organization chart. Of course, there was Mardi Gras in there too. So, I really didn't even get to finish meeting with those cluster groups and some of those directors that were just, you know, where I was going to have the first meeting with them. Where tell me where you're going to take this in the next four years. Tell me how we're going to take this to the next level. Those very introductory meetings we never got to have and just last week I think I was able to finish my last two and and we'll start those again but that's how new this was to us you know of course like I said coming in in the Mardi Gras season um is is very busy and I think you know talking to council members too they were going to get back from Mardi Gras and they all have their priorities and we certainly had our priorities on this side and then everything you know um everything changed very quickly for us but We've, we've certainly nothing solidifies a team like coronavirus. And, um, you know, I'm I'm so proud of our team, every challenge I've given them, they've just exceeded my expectations on it. They've had to do so many things that were probably not in their job description, obviously not in their, not anywhere in the kind of work that we've done, but we've been able to, you know, really change our resources to match what the needs are in the community. And I'm very proud of them for that
1: and it is so it has been so wonderful to see this this unified effort from you and from your team and from the parish council throughout all of this i mean just from a personal note i've been so deeply impressed with everything that you guys have done and you know working with you from a jedco perspective we've always really enjoyed so it's you know it's i'm very proud to be working in jefferson parish at this time under your leadership you know, it's kind of like, you
0: know, the council's a legislative side, but they've really done a lot of incredible things on the front line with this coronavirus, whether it's feeding programs, whether it's mass giveaways, whether it's just having, you know, their staff out in the community, um, understanding what's going on, whether it's different businesses that need help. They've, they've really um, also probably done things that they never would have done before. That's sort of out of their range because we all have to. So um, they've been a great, asset for us to use just like in a hurricane time even when we had that storm it's just that they have their staff out there a phone call away for us this is what's going on this is what needs are there helping us you know in in terms of being kind of that crisis mode so um and again you know they're feeding so many of them have taken up individual drives all of them have done have done incredible things they've started these the task forces which really a a broad look of how coronavirus is gonna affect us in the future. And there's probably almost a dozen, I think mean, there was, you know, 10 or 11 different task forces they worked on. So um, from budget to return to work, to elections, to all of those things, you know, the the hospital system, the healthcare, um, that has been a very forward thinking thing our council has done. And I'm, I'm very grateful to, to have all of us working together.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And again, incredible job by the entire team here. And I know, you know, those numbers were coming down, those case numbers were coming down, but now we are seeing a jump in cases, not just in Jefferson Parish, but across the state and across many states, really. Um, But you have taken a lot of actions to to remedy this, to bring these cases back down. I know this is so important to you and your administration and to the council. So where are we now with this pandemic? Where do we stand? So, you know, Kelsey, after we
0: considered that we sort of flatten the curve from April 20th to about June 20th, we were kind of in a good little way. You know, I think, um, our rolling, I like to look at a rolling five day average because when you look at the daily cases, if there's a timing issue or, you know, something like that, it's not an indication of how you're doing in the community all all ways. So you got to kind of smooth those numbers. So I like looking at a five day average. Um, and we were between 30 to 60 cases a day which for a parish this large, you would kind of expect that much of a swing. And I think that's where we kind of settled for a while. And I thought really, that's where we would stay, um, assuming you know, that that was two months like that, really. Um, but then this uptick at the end of June, you know, the first day I'm thinking, oh, and then one day it was a timing issue. And I'm thinking maybe it's just that, a little blip on the screen, but it just kept coming at us. Quickly, we could see cases rising in other parishes. Quickly, we could see, you know, other states practically on fire with coronavirus. And so when I realized, like, this thing is not going away, and just because you flatten the curve doesn't mean that it's other cities' turn. It could just come back right away at you, even though you did all the work. You went through the, you know, we went through the different stay-at-home order for so long. Coronavirus doesn't give you a pass because you've done hard work before, and it, and so, when I realized that, and certainly learning more about this, um, you know, when it changes on us, and we have to remember that it changes on us. I was proud not to wear a mask back in March because that was me saying, masks belong with the healthcare community, if you recall. That's how we don't use a mask um, because the doctors and the nurses who are dealing with positive patients need the mask. So, right. this thing completely changes on us, and we have to remember that. And so when I started learning more about and researching it about asymptomatic spread and it was more, you know, the aerosol that leaves your mouth when you speak and that can float in the air. And when I, when I researched that and learned about that, I realized masking is very critical. It's Uh it's more than just a little thing. It's a, it's a really big thing. And that's when I signed the emergency proclamation order to go into effect July 1st, because we have to get used to wearing a mask if we're going to be out in the community. If we want a society that we're able to go shopping and go to restaurants and and get our economy back, which is critical. I mean, it's not just a feel-good thing. A strong economy is how people feed their families. It's how people put food on their table at night. It is, it is critical. Um, we've got to get your used to wearing a mask to be able to do that if we if we want to move forward until there's a vaccine I think until until there's a vaccine because I can't imagine not having to wear a mask when if we are able to go to phase three and there's more density out there and the coronavirus is still around so it's just something that I think we have to get used to for for a while for yeah. a very long time,
1: yeah, and I I, I think that is a, was a really smart move, and I've loved the mask up campaign that you and your team, uh, Gretchen and the um, communications team, have done such a good job kind of getting that message out there. It, it's so important for people to wear masks, and 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 I think we've all heard this, but it's it's to protect your neighbor and and to protect the the person that you're out in the community with, and we're a community of, you know, we care about each other. So it it seems like it should be a really easy decision for people. It should be an easy decision. It's a common sense decision. I know it was a, it's a controversial
0: decision for some reason. I I just don't quite understand that. But I was, you know, things change. And um, somebody told me today that their sister lives in another parish where Uh, masks aren't required but her sister started shopping in Jefferson Parish so I mean it's that sort of like you don't understand how things are going to happen but you know if people are going to feel safer um coming to where everybody in the store is going to be masked um if that's what it takes and that's how we're going to have to live then I think that's a good thing for us is that people are actually going to feel safer to go out and about maybe it's better for restaurants maybe it's better for retail you know to have everybody masked um because it'll bring other people saying uh, they're creating a safe environment for me. And yeah, I can go do my shopping or I can go in a restaurant or, you know, do those things that I need to do.
1: All right. Um, and you recently created a phone number that people can call to report issues with compliance for mask wearing and, and other issues with the CDC. Um, and these are compliances with businesses across the parish. So can you talk about what sparked that decision to create the COVID-19 compliance hotline and then how does it work? What happens after someone calls to report a business? So, you know, I could, the reason to go
0: on a, an enforcement and with, a, with an emergency proclamation by me is because you can plead and you can beg all day long. Um, and I just didn't see it changing really. You know, I, I would sometimes go out and see maybe 50% people mass in a store, maybe 80% other times, even less than that. And until you make it mandatory, um, people just aren't going to respond the way they have done this past weekend, which was an incredible response. And I want to applaud all the businesses. I mean, some of the businesses even had signage out. You have to have a mask to enter, which is, I think I would encourage every business to do that because it is a requirement now. And then it avoids that awkward conversation that you have to have your employees um, have to confront someone or ask them. So I think if you put a big sign on your front door saying "mask required and then put it on the Jefferson parish president ordinance, um, I think, you know, customers will will respond. And, and a lot of times it's just people forgetting, you know, they're in their car, they don't have their mask, they get out and then they'll go back and get it. So I want to encourage everybody to do that. But if you don't have an enforcement piece um, to any law, I mean, I'm, I'm a public policy kind of person, you have to have an enforcement piece um, to get compliance. And and so we we wanted to respond to the community. We were getting a lot of complaints about businesses when it was the governor's order that all employees be masked only when we we'll go back a couple of weeks ago we would get complaints. So we decided to start the hotline as a way of letting people report it. And look, we're we're managing that very carefully. We have today, we started that last Friday. So we're in, you know, about 10, 11 days. Um, we're almost at 1,800 complaints. So the community has responded and I, I'm not interested in those one or two complaints. I'm not interested in, you know, um, in uh, an employer really trying their best and then somebody's just kind of taking their mask off temporarily. I mean these things are hard to wear in the summer um, but businesses that just are not uh, complying at all, I feel like they're not being a responsible part of our community, we'll certainly use the enforcement um, where where we should get compliance. So we're going to be very judicious in how we go out and enforce. We're going to first request compliance with an education campaign and tell them that you know there's been complaints can you can you do better about this can you get and then we'll visit again and you know, if they're just not complying, we will go ahead and write the order right write a misdemeanor summons against wow. them but we're going to do it very carefully and we're going to we're not going to you know it's it's going to be something that i think it's the egregious cases we'll be acting on and not and not getting businesses who are really trying to do the right thing caught up in this
1: That's great. That's great. And I'm, I'm amazed to hear that number. That's a a lot of people calling in and and it's very clear that everything that you were doing is having an impact here. So that's, that's fantastic. Uh, Again, I was out this weekend, just
0: looking at everybody saying everybody was masked up and look, I think we'll, if we, we get in this mode, we'll be able to, manage this virus, if we all start changing our behaviors and are able to go out and about in our daily lives with this one little change right here, just this, you know, this little restriction that we have, I think we can not worry so much if, you know, other states nearby us start really um, getting high case counts, if we can live in a way that we can manage this and live with it, which is really what's being required of us is to live with this, right? I think that's our best success out of this thing. It's we're doing whatever we can to keep everybody afloat um, and and keep businesses alive, um, but keep the virus as low as possible. And all I'm trying to do is to keep the transmission of this virus as low as possible in Jefferson Parish.
1: And you had said something at one of your recent press conferences that I think is really important to reiterate. And, and now that these mandates are in place and the campaigns that you're pushing out, it's that the health of our economy is directly tied to the health of our community and our residents. I, I, I think we can't overstate enough how important it is for, for everyone to be following these these rules and guidelines that are laid out by the parish and the state. I think
0: like what you're saying Kelsey I think the media tries to portray it as are they a health care person or are they an economy person and it's like the two are against one another you know that I'm more concerned about People's health, or am I more concerned about generating and getting our economy back up to speed? And I think you see that at at a local level as well as a national kind of debate. And I never understood that because it's all the same; it's the same goal. Um, You know, if we can manage the dashboard and have as low positive numbers every day, that sends a signal to people that it's it's okay to go out because people are frightened. If our numbers go up, they just stay home; they're not spending their money out in the community. So. So the the solutions are the same, no matter what side you're on. They're absolutely work in conjunction with one another and they're not at odds with one another. So keeping our daily case counts low is the way out of this from a healthcare perspective. And it's our way out of this from an economic perspective. And I don't see it any other way. And I, I'm confused why people portray it as a one or the other thing. So
1: right, I totally agree. And, and and to that end, you know, you've you've done a really good job too of just getting out in front of these different groups and sharing that message over and over again. You were really proactive about getting in front of the Louisiana Restaurant Association and some of the parish young professionals, especially when those numbers, um, the case numbers, started to go up a little bit. And so, why is it so important to leverage those partnerships? To further your message in a time like this?
0: Like you said, you know, we have good relationships with all departments, you know, council and with our administration. And I think, you know, even coronavirus showed us we have strong alliances with our business community as well as as industry. And that's that's the way we wanted. And we just wanted to, as you say, leverage those, that knowledge base. Um, when our numbers went up, I spoke to Dr. Cantor and we're so lucky that he's, you know, our our regional director from the Louisiana department of health. He's been an incredible asset to us because I don't have a health department. And he started saying, you know, these first numbers coming through are largely in that 18 to 29 year old age group. Um, so, you know, they're the ones that are out a lot and they're also the ones that are employed by restaurants, by bars. Um, and he said, you know, a lot of them, they're getting it. They either get a mild case and they, and they, or they're asymptomatic and they don't know they have it. So if they get a mild case, they're still out there going to work or they're going out with their friends, or if they're asymptomatic, they don't even know they're having and they're very infectious. So that's our concern. Um, we don't want them to give it to their, their older relatives. I mean, you know. so it's sort of a selfish view if, if you don't you know think that it's just looking at yourself if you're saying, if I get this, it's gonna be okay you really need to look at the people who are in your lives that you could get it to and it might not be okay for them and i need all the young people to understand that it's it's more than just you it's mm-hmm. the people that you love around you or maybe people you just come in contact that they might not get it and feel okay to be going out and about they might get it and just really have a very serious condition with this or critical you know being in and having to have critical care for this so um, we got on top of that right away, and I thought, where can I quickly go to make a difference? Uh, reached out to to JEDCO, to the Chamber, to the JBC, to the Louisiana Restaurant Association, just to give them the latest information on this latest uptick, and who, who was getting it, and um, to get that information out as quickly as possible. And I was really glad with the amount of people we could get in a very short turnaround. And that's the strength of our our, our relationships in Jefferson Parish, that we could get such a huge following so quickly to, to get the latest information.
1: And, and that same group, the, the same group of, of business organizations, business leaders um, came together with the parish recently to launch the spend local JP campaign um, last week. And so we've talked a little bit about the economy here, but especially now, especially during this pandemic, we have so many small local businesses in Jefferson Parish. How important is it for our local residents to spend local, to spend their dollars here in Jefferson Parish.
0: Absolutely, you know our our local economy is so critical to us. It's it's something that we're we're all very proud of. We have such a unique local culture, and that comes out through the local business community. They're here for the long term. They're always here with us, um, and so we want to support them. and And many are doing okay, you know. And certainly, some we've lost. They, you know, it's it's hard for a business, you know. They risk a lot to go into business they need that revenue and any amount of time that they're down is tough Mm -hmm. and that's why you know we we need to do whatever we can so we again we can live with this it would be really tough if we would have to go back to a stay-at-home order again it would be really tough for us to have to go back to a phase one or just go in reverse it would really i think you'd see a lot more businesses just not be able to make it on that on that kind of scale if we had to reverse so Um, We want to encourage everyone, you know, rather than just get online and do something easy from from a company you don't even know, um, take the time to, to, to buy local and support our local economy.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. Well, I'm going to switch gears here just a little bit because we have some important elections coming up. Voters will be going to the polls in the coming weeks. What has the parish been doing to prepare for the election and to protect its voters from the pandemic?
0: So, and this, when I talked about some of the council initiatives, one of those was, you know, uh, an election integrity task force. Um, Councilman uh, Marion Edwards and Councilwoman Jennifer Van Ranken run that committee for us. But we've, through that committee, we've done uh, some incredible things. We have had some voting areas at some assisted living centers, and that takes some time to change a a polling location. But we didn't, knowing that that's a very vulnerable population, we didn't want to be bringing people from outdoors into. To those areas where we didn't need to, so we've we've shifted those precincts, which takes some time to do. We did that. The council voted on that. Some of our senior center locations, we're going to not do programming in. We we have some election polling locations at our own buildings, so we're going to suspend pro- programming so as to not to mix people and really go through a very thorough cleansing and sanitation effort before and after for that. So they've been, you know. Our general services have been really on the front line of that, but we want everybody to feel safe going out to vote. Voting is very, very critical for us. We have some, you know, very important elections coming up. Um, You know, obviously the sale of East Jefferson General Hospital. We have our own, you know, consolidated garbage, um, solid waste garbage, and we also have our fire services um, millages coming up, and they're all very critical services, um, essential services for us, and we encourage people to get out and, you know, for us, the election's August 15th, and uh, early voting is July 25th to August 8th. Um, but we're, we're not going to be able to do it in the traditional sense. A lot of community groups and civic, civic groups are not having their normal meetings where we would get out. So um, through, through our public information office, we're going to be pushing out a lot of great videos and information so people can get as much information as they can online.
1: Absolutely. That's great. And we will share, we will at Jedco push that messaging out as well because we know how important it is for people to get out and vote, especially for these specific initiatives and millages that you just mentioned. Everybody should vote. So that's very, very important. And these Um, are not
0: new taxes. These are existing millages that are already there, a continuation of service. And then obviously with the East Jefferson General Hospital sale to um, LCMC is is a one-time kind of thing that um, we've been working on for several years.
1: Excellent. So what are some things that are happening in the parish that you are excited about, even in the face of all of these challenges with the pandemic? You know, when we got
0: in office, I'm the, the exciting thing to me was making sure government worked as as effective as possible and really taking everything to the next level, whether it's looking at new technologies, whether it's certainly now, I think I don't know if we'll even go back. People have found Zoom meetings just so very effective, efficient, uh-huh. right? I mean, easy to schedule, um, and no loss of no really loss of anything. So I think, you know, technology is really going to be taken to the next level for us. Some of our departments, even with coronavirus, have realized they've had to kind of morph into a not, not a person-to-person kind of interaction. We've had to do that. And many departments have said, yeah, we we did it well. We 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 did it well. We're very efficient. So we'll be looking at doing more of that. Of course, we don't know how long coronavirus is going to be with us. So we've really all had to look at delivering the same services in a different way. Um, I'm excited about a lot of new initiatives that we're doing. Certainly we were already in that mode of paperless, which is sort of, you know, kind of a related topic of trying to get more paperless, more app based for many of the services, especially like in recreation to, can you do things with your phone? Can you register for your sports on a phone? Um, Certainly our, our, I would say that since Katrina, we have put a lot of resources and a lot of money into our drainage system. We have aging water and sewer systems that we need to make improvements on. And of course, if you don't always feed those programs and you don't always constantly do that, you you end up with a really old system that's very, very hard to, to manage. And we don't want to do that. So our water system's probably been the same since about the 1960s and 1970s with no major rehaul we want to take it and bring it to 2020 or beyond so we want to look at um you know automatic reading systems and not having someone come out to your house and actually physically read we want to bring that so there's a lot of initiatives going on throughout the parish transit is another one that we think we can do better um deliver those services in a more effective way re-envisioning our transit system we just um started a new app so people can see where the bus is and if it's on time or if it's you know so that was exciting so we're really our directors are still pushing pushing things you know we only have three and a half years left and I I expect them to make some things happen despite COVID and so they know that so we're as much as we're out dealing with coronavirus or a weather event behind the scenes we're still working at making improvements all the time
1: and that is so heartening to to know that there is still there's something else outside of the pandemic, right? Like there's yes. there's something to look forward to. And you know, I was I was thinking too about the socially distanced Terrytown model home groundbreaking that we have later this week. At the time of the podcast, it will have been it will have already happened. But we're talk, we're doing this interview a little bit before then, and that's one thing that I think we at Jedco are so excited about is that. This, this was a, an initiative that has been ongoing for many, many years, and it was approved by the council back in December. And now here we are, even through a pandemic, we are seeing progress being made in Terrytown with the building of a model home, with the renovations and projects. It's just, it's, it's wonderful to see that the world continues forward during difficult times I know this has been very dear to your heart, the the Terrytown Revitalization Program, housing in general in Jefferson Parish. Mm -hmm. Um, Is it exciting for you to see that this continues to move forward? You know, I'll go back and say that,
0: you know, two of the big issues that I was looking at when I was in my former role as the Division B Councilwoman was housing and green infrastructure. That was just two issues that I, I really took on and, you know, learned a lot about and was pushing. And housing really started with, you know, the business community, including JEDCO, understanding and showing us that our aging housing infrastructure was really a problem and it was going to hold us back. Every community fights to get new families to come to them, uh-huh. and if you can't be the community that has affordable housing or housing that's attractive, you kind of lose it at that first, you know, attempt at at getting them here. And so I, I realized how critical it was for the future of Jefferson Parish that we start looking at this, um, and when we and it, you know when it's so big and it's it's such a, a a huge issue it's hard to kind of wrap your mind around how to tackle it until i just said we just gotta start small and just build a house somewhere you know and just build a house in a great neighborhood we kept circling back to Terrytown. it's just got great bones it's so close to the shopping mall it's it's close to new orleans it's got you know just a great history there generations of families there and the housing's old there and so you can learn how to do a model home. You know, there's a lot of examples in that same neighborhood and just in the surrounding Hamburg, but you can keep flipping in. And I just thought this is a great neighborhood to start in. And really, everybody really took the ball and ran with it across the board. I mean, you know, um, JEDCO and, and the the Blue Ribbon Committee and all the different factions, you know, our finance authority, everybody, the Home Builders Association, especially with their help and the Realtors Association who believed in this and really it to the point where we're actually doing a groundbreaking there and i'm really excited about it and again kelsey i think when you have passion with people coronavirus even doesn't you know take that away from you i mean people are gonna gonna still even though they're they're busy in their lives having to change their lives if people believe in something and they're passionate about it not just in government service across industries things are going to get done and and that is The strength of who we are as a people, right? So it is. It is great to see that that's going
1: to happen. I love that. Is there anything else that you want to talk about that I haven't asked today? I
0: don't think so, Kelsey. I think you you touched on a lot of things. You know, we're we're in this fight. Um, I don't know what the future holds. I don't think anybody does, and we just have to be ready to to make changes as we go. But again going back to coronavirus, we're going to do whatever it takes to minimize this virus in our community because, you know, I I feel strongly about it. It it is a, it's a dangerous issue, but we're going to learn to to live with this virus until there's a time when we don't have to worry about it anymore.
1: Well, thank you. That is, that's, I think, a perfect way to end. Um, Cynthia, I know you are so, so busy and I'm so appreciative of your time. Thank you so, so much for being on the show today. Thank
0: you, Kelsey. Thank you for having me. Thank you.
2: A special thanks to the parish president for taking time out of her busy schedule to be on the show. It was such a pleasure to speak with her. We remain in phase two of the Jefferson back to business plan. This is our comprehensive vision for reopening the Jefferson parish economy. You can find the plan on our website at jedco.org COVID-19 updates. That page has a ton of resources, checklists, and information available for businesses as they navigate the transition into and through phase two. If this is your first time tuning into the show, there are plenty more episodes where this one came from. Our episodes are released on Thursdays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you stream your favorite shows. If you like our show, feel free to leave us a rating or a review. Those reviews help others find our show and listen in. We share links to all of our episodes on our social media platforms. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at jedco underscore news and on Facebook at Jefferson Parish Economic Development. You can also visit our website at jedco.org. If you have feedback about the show, or if you'd like to recommend a guest, please email me at ksgram at jedco.org. As always, thank you so much for listening. See you back here in season three.